This is Movies, a podcast about the active cinema, and with me today, dressed in flannel, no graphic tees tonight, we have Hans. How are you doing? Hi. I'm all right. I feel... First thing, first thing we today, start recording, you start picking picking yeah, food out of your teeth. Sorry. It's very impolite. <laughs> getting pieces of whatever they did to my tooth are still falling out. Yeah, you just had uh, a dental today. surgery or something like two hours before this show. You try to push yeah. this show off yet another day. I said, I had nah, a, we're not doing that. Change of plans. I had an emergency, emergency root canal. They had to just push a bunch of pus out of my gums. Aye, aye. Yeah. It's, uh, it, <laughs> how did it smell? Did you get a whiff of that? Yeah, you know, like regular... Us, I guess like that's shit. cool. That's great. Dirty ass. You know what? Yeah. Hey, we got Alex Schultz. We have Be Nice to Me Productions on the show tonight. How are you? Did you ever get a root canal done? No, but I got a. Uh, does my mic sound like shit? No, you sound good. You sound fine. It does okay. It's just my headphones. In. No, I never had a root canal, but uh, I had an ingrown toenail that, that I had to get cut out with uh, some clippers by a guy, and that smelled like death. It was it got infected, and I thought my I thought I was going to lose a toe. Damn, that sounds. Would you rather that, Hans? I've had both. Uh, yeah. The one I time like I had that, my nail was infected, and I played basketball. With my, I was like fourteen, and I played basketball with my uncle. He fell on it, and it just like went into my toe. I had to go to the hospital, and they ripped it out. It was damn. Yeah, yeah, Alex, you it's have like stinks. a like a like a horror <laughs> origin story to your ingrown nail, or, or what? Uh, no, I just um, bite my toenails. It's disgusting. I know. Yeah, that's much worse that. than your uncle falling on your foot <laughs> yeah. and sending you to the hospital. Um, with, don't use clippers, and uh, yeah, they just they get ingrown if you do that incorrectly. Wow, wow, that's that's, that's a great start to the show. If we haven't repulsed uh, the listening audience, the closest thing I got to anything like that, I got a, a cyst on my nose when I was in seventh grade, and it got infected. And then one day, my mom just cut it open with a razor blade, and a bunch of yellow pus started dribbling out. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah, that was like my toe. It was just like when he cut it out, it just like all oozed out and it literally smelled like a dead animal. Yeah, that happens. So uh, we don't have a movie to talk about tonight, but you did recommend a filmmaker to me. And we tried watching this filmmaker while we were off doing more shoots on Mass State Lottery. Uh, what, yeah. what is the name? Kurosawa, but not the Kurosawa. The other one. Another, the other the other Kurosawa. Kiyoshi, I think. Kiyoshi Kurosawa, Kiyoshi. best known for Pulse. Being Mario's friend. That's right. Horrible joke. Yes. Sorry. I apologize. We, we, we tried watching Pulse in, uh, in when we were shooting the movie. And I guess we got like a really nice copy of Pulse because there was like no shadowing on any of the creepy people hanging out in the room at all. So it just looked like no. an Asian man standing in a room. Yeah. Was I like, know. what the fuck is this? We're going to turn didn't this like off. didn't like it? No, I, I watched Pulse originally many years ago yeah. and I remember enjoying it. And then it was like, well, we, we, I mean, why don't we get a refresher in so we can talk about this guy for movies? And then, uh, yeah, we last maybe like five minutes, and then we switched over to uh, Prisoners of the Ghostland, that new uh, Nicolas Cage film. That was, I think, who did that one? That was uh, another Japanese director. I don't know. I, I haven't heard of that. Mm. Well, it was not very good. Yeah. I'll say that. That was yeah. also that was a worse choice. Actually, we should have stuck it with Pulse. Um, and then I misremembered everything. I said to Hans, "Hey, listen, we're doing Peter Greenaway, so watch a bunch of Peter Greenaway films." <laughs> And he did that. So if you want to get into Greenaway tonight, we can we could probably do that. See, I've um, only seen like two of his movies. Yeah, me yeah, too, actually. Which ones have you seen? <laughs> probably the same two you've seen. Whatever, the cook, the wife, the thing, and then yeah, the other yeah. one about like the lady who gets raped. No, I haven't seen that one. That sounds oh. great. Uh, I saw it's Belly lady, of an Architect. She lays there and uh, like 80 guys rape her. 
that's that that happens sometimes uh it's a good little is flick. that is that like like sallow where uh you think it's just a sh- movie about people eating shit but then there's a very thoughtful meaning behind it where you really have to look at all the mm. shit and the way they're eating the shit to understand the meaning is, there, is it one of those movies see i've purposely avoided that because i don't i don't i don't go for that shock stuff i think i think that's right. like uh you know the Oh fuck! G- G- the Gigi Allen of movie making. I don't go for that right. kind of nonsense. Eating Pasolini, the, G- the Gigi Allen of filmmaking. That's a very <laughs> third. You know, like Gigi Allen, his music is terrible, and he just relies on eating his own poo poo and throwing his poo poo at people. I don't yeah. go for that noise. You know, let's hear a good tune. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should watch the Sound of Music live on this stream. There you go. Nice little toe tapper. Uh, Not some guy cutting his wrists open and shitting on you. No, thank no. you. No, that's, that's a very Robin Williams movie. We were talking about that too recently. How Robin Williams killed himself in a very grisly manner. You know the story on that? Well, I thought he just hung himself. No, no, he put a bag over his head and he hopped him in a tub, and then he took a bunch of pills and then he cut his wrists. Oh goodness! Wait, why did he hop in a tub? What did he think was going to? He was taking a bath. You himself? get cold yeah. when you cut your wrist. The <laughs> <laughs> toaster. He forgot the toaster. Yeah, oh, I thought I, he just hung himself off like a chandelier or something. That's what I pictured. That, that well, that wouldn't be very reliable. I think a chandelier would probably collapse. Eh, be very like guy. very fancy Pretty way to die. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so Alex, you're a filmmaker. You got a ton of short films and sketches on your YouTube channel. Uh, being well, you know, Jay, I try. Yeah, that, well, that's a dox. That's you're the first person to actually call me by my. Re- <laughs> See, this is movie <laughs> oh, season six. Okay. Episode, it is okay. It's movie season six, episode one. We're changing it things up i'm not low res anymore i'm gonna use my real name so that that's a cool name it's it's ushering in a a new era but i want to i want to get i want to get your perspective on this because you know you bust your ass with with filmmaking and i think you've got a very interesting style dialed in especially as far as like visual composition goes like i've watched some of your your short films um was it bad dream and bad dream too i think the title they had very long titles but that was essentially the title right that's yeah 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 so i would i I watched the first one of that and it felt very like like a japanese soap opera from the 90s i was like i really vibe with this i'm very into this kind of uh nabiko obayashi but not house nabiko obayashi look and visual flair but like his later films which are also very strange so i want to get to know I guess more about where you're coming from as a visual artist and what you're inspired by and what appeals to you as a filmmaker. Um, well, that in particular, I would guess say, I just like trying new stuff. You know, I, I feel like I haven't even really found my style yet. You know, maybe in like 10 or 15 years, I'll lock into something, but I just try a bunch of new stuff. And for that video in particular, I had just watched Europa, the Lars von Trier the Lars, movie. Oh, yeah. Where nice. they do all the... Uh, rear projection. Yeah, the rear projection. I didn't do rear projection. I, was, I did... Uh, for that one, I did like... What was that the second one? Well, it was one of those two. I did like green screen where I just like filmed like an empty room and then just went home and green screened myself in later and just gives a little more surreal, fun feel. And uh, yeah, I'd say that's just where I'm coming from. I just like trying a bunch of new stuff and just uh, stuff I haven't stuff i haven't done before is what i want to do mostly i i think rear projection is very underrated these days too see we oh, tried definitely. doing that 
I got this $2,000 projector using the fundraising money. <laughs> we, we used it for like one night and we had two guys like holding up a screen and it just, it looks, it, what we got is like 30 seconds and it looks terrific, but it was such a pain in the ass. I was just like, we, we could have done this with green screen in like five seconds flat. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, maybe it'll be worth the, uh, the, the effort or whatever, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think really just getting creative with, whatever tools are at your disposal is what's going to shine through. And I think you're somebody who especially I think illuminates that kind of tactic in indie filmmaking. And yeah, if you indie don't have a budget, you got to, you know, stand yeah. out some way. Do something you, kooky. you, you had a, you had a tweet that I really liked, which was, I think you quote tweeting some, uh, some article that was like, why indie films or whatever over a million dollars are not being made anymore. And you, I think you said something to the effect of, is it really like an indie film? If, Members of oh, your yeah, cast yeah. are not like holding a boom mic or something. I was like, uh-huh. I, I, I completely relate to that. Cause that's exactly how we do shit, which is just like, everybody's going to have like multiple roles on set. Yeah. And there, it was some article about like micro budget something. And I'm like, micro budget. It was $400,000. You fuck face. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking yeah. about micro? You got catering and shit. God, oh, I wish, I here. wish we had catering one day of any of any of our shoots. No. I know. Yeah. Our catering was Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, <laughs> it was Dunkin' whenever, Donuts each morning. Whenever it's open, whenever we find one that's open. Yummy. Yeah, my catering is we go to Tony's Burrito Mix and everyone buys their own food. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that, that seems like a very risky choice. Everybody could just wind up with stomachache midway through the shoot. Oh, no, no, not, no, no, no. That's after. See, I, know, oh, I, don't, I don't, yeah. Very well-timed. We get right to it. We're not uh, fiddling around with eating. So when did you get started with your YouTube channel? I started it in 2015, but I'd been making stuff since I was like in high school. And thank fucking God, I did not put any of that on YouTube. Oh, I pray yeah. to Allah every day <laughs> that I did not put any of my high school shit or my college shit. I have like two videos that I made in college and those are like way, way back. Mm-hmm. But then everything else was like 2015 or like 2014, 2015 when I graduated college and on to now. Yeah, I. Uh, you, want, you, you don't want anyone to find your high school vlogs where you're trying to be Philip DeFranco. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you know, you know what the fucked up thing is? They are out there. I could say where you could find it, but I'm not gonna. No, I had a YouTube channel them. back before uh, Google bought YouTube, so mm-hmm. I I remember I I had it like in 2010 or, or 2009 or so, and what we would do is we would dub like Dolan Duck, little comic panels, one of, one of my friends and I. And then I, I would That's do a couple cute. of edits. Yeah, it was very like uh, late high school, early college, just fucking around with that. Uh, it was literally like Windows Movie Maker back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, those are mine. we would do that. And uh, I think I did like a couple of short films. And then when Google bought YouTube, for whatever reason, you needed a Google ad- uh, email address to log in. It completely eviscerated my AOL account that was linked in there. So I can never log in, but everything is online and pretty easy to find. Nobody has found it yet. I shouldn't even be mentioning this on the show. I'm really asking for it. I got a death wish just talking about this for some cringe from when I was 19. But uh, yeah, it's all stuck and it's there and there's nothing I can do about it. So mine is a, it's a very obscure Vimeo link that no one will ever find. I was doing like um, very just like Andy Samberg ripoff stuff, mm-hmm. just like being wacky around high school and uh, 
like falling into garbage cans, kind of like Jackassy meets Andy Samberg SNL type beat, shit like that. So you it would do like, uh, no, it's never good. It's never good no. until uh, you know you get to a certain point. And then, well, were you doing like ske- like sketches? Or were you doing uh, stunts or whatever? Because we did a couple of jackass. I mean, everybody did a jackass video. If you were born yeah. in the nineties, you're a guy. That's the first thing you're doing with a movie camera. Exactly. Yeah, no, way, way, way back in like middle school, I had a skate team. We were called Scoot and Skate. And we do skates. It was very adorable. And and jump into, it was very much um, sort of what, uh, what's that show? Loiter Squad, what they were doing in their 20s. You know, let's jump into a bush. Wow. Loiter Squad. And all (laughs) of them became, became, uh, you know, very, very adamant lovers of men. Uh, So I've heard. Yeah, and then and then in high school I was doing like music videos, and um, one of them was like, one of them was I was just getting bullied, and it was just different scenarios where I was getting bullied. Like there was one, I was in the bathroom, I was getting choked. Uh, there was one where I got pushed into a dumpster. Uh, there was one where they were just like beating the shit out of me in the, in front of the lunch, like in the lunch period. And then I go home and I beat my mom. I beat her up. I take it out on her. That's good. That's classic comedy. Beating yeah. the shit out of your the, own mother. Yeah. Having your link. Well, I gave her the like, I gave her like shitty <laughs> makeup, you know, mm-hmm. eye, black eye makeup. Uh, Hans is another time. Hans is new to your channel. He just checked out. Uh, what was it? The, uh, the 33 year old man buys a Captain America shirt. Yeah. At Target. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's so fun. Like, uh, uh people don't care about like their jobs so you can just do whatever you want in these like like i think of like target and walmart as like big public toilets and you can just do whatever you want in there and you can be in there for hours we went to uh a non-undisclosed mall uh when we were shooting up there and uh we were recording for what like three hours uh, and no one said anything up until when we're about to leave. And that's when the, <laughs> well, yeah, the we, yeah, yeah, that's was... great. <laughs> we, uh, we, we <laughs> yeah. took over the massage chairs for like a good 30 minutes and we had security guards walk by oh, and nice. look at us. And then when we were walking out, they, they didn't give me a hard time or, or Hans a hard time. They gave uh, just the guy who was holding the camera at the time. <laughs> they said, yeah. you should probably read the rules before you come back to the mall. Or Damn. something like that. Just as like we're literally heading out the door. Like, ah, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow, very menacing. You really policed them all today. You saved the day, pal. I've had um, that happen like four times as I'm leaving. Like at, definitely on the CTA, that's happened like twice. Where it's some bitch, you know. There's people literally like taking a shit and shooting up heroin. And I'm like filming something and some fucking cunt CTA lady is like, you can't be doing that. And then you just go to the other station. Easy peasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, had, have, what, uh, like three or four just going around over and over, never said anything. We shot inside of stores. And, that's great. And, and uh, just right as we're, you know, walking out. They now, I'm going to, to be taking this idea to the extreme because I have this thing that I'm going to be filming in probably a month or two. And I'm literally going to bring, like, my lights and my bag of wires <laughs> to Walmart. And I'm going to plug in my lights and have, like, my friend with the boom pole and just see how long I can, like, film a full scene like oh no you go over there yeah and just see how long it takes to get kicked that, out i'm guessing we'll just we'll probably just finish the scene and we won't get kicked out 
people don't want to get involved in that. They don't know if somebody's uh-huh. you know crazy or something. They don't want to hassle themselves. So yeah, yeah no, I nine out of I feel like nine out of ten times, no one's going to give you a problem. I mean, unless it's obviously like a very small location, if it's like a family-run business, that's one thing. Nobody at Walmart is giving anybody a hard time. It's not worth it for eleven bucks an hour. Yeah, no, of course not. No one works there. You ever gone to Walmart and nobody works there? It's usually just very old people, very tired, like close to dying people, handing out stickers or handing out bags or yeah. Anytime I've asked someone at Walmart like where something is, they just go, uh. And then they just disappear. I go, why did I bother? I just wasted two minutes of my life. Yeah, if you uh, just go at night too, if you, if you just go at eleven, uh, if it's like a twenty-four hour one, there's no not going to be anyone the there. Move. Yeah, no that, hold on. that's not true. Because here, here's the thing: I used to be now, you know, this is a while back. I used to be a shoplifter when I was a young man. Okay, and I would okay. shoplift during the day, and nobody would care. You Watch shoplift what you at say. night. Hey, you don't know the oh, statutes. This was at least this was at least ten years ago. Now I think right. I'm I think I'm in the clear. Actually, you know, it was like twelve years ago. But so I, this might not even be valid because that's Walmart from twelve years ago. Walmart from twelve years ago is more like Target from five years ago at this point. But anyway, what would you steal? Would you steal underwear? Or- yeah, no, I'm, I wasn't desperate for for clothing. <laughs> I was just get I was getting like games. I I would take like a bunch of DVDs and Blu-rays or whatever. And I would go to the home and garden section. They would have metal bars right because they have to you know make sure the plants get oxygen mm-hmm. and uh, i would just push everything right outside the metal bars and then i would leave and i would come around and i would pick all the stuff up and just walk away down the hill so Damn. i would do that it was a very good method um i envy you i've, I've never been i've always been too much of a pussy to like legit yeah. shoplift well, yeah. well uh it's not a great or a very flattering habit to have but i got addicted to shoplifting for almost a year after that so then i would go to like hot topic i just like shoved shirts in my in my coat or like i think i had the most egregious thing i saw i would just steal shit i I didn't even need like i stole a heath ledger joker bobblehead and i put it in my shorts pocket and walked out like a jack skellington (laughs) god if i was if i had style if i was smoking (laughs) cigarettes outside the library after school yeah i would have but no, it was always just really unnecessary shit. Like I saw a pup named Scooby-Doo season one on DVD. Just stuff wow, I never really had used. a problem. That is a problem. I did. <laughs> that's, I that's did. straight retarded. It, it made no sense. And then I stopped. And I stopped cold turkey for a while. And uh, then I tried to pick it up many months later at night. And, uh, you know, it's like when you go back to heroin and you take the same dose and then you overdose mm-hmm. and then you're dead. That's exactly what happened. That's when they're on so, high alert. Yeah, right. So we got all these like, well, I'm 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 an officer of the law, even though, you know, I'm just security. And so we had these guys hovering around us as we were stealing like video games and shit. I was like, these guys probably want advice on how to shoplift. They're like us. And no, that was not the case at all. They were they were looking to bust us. So there was a cop at the door. I was like, that's kind of funny. There's a cop at the door. That's unusual. I never see a cop at the Walmart exit. Um, And then they brought us to the back room. They're like, how old are you guys? I was 18 at the time. I said, yeah, I'm 17. 14, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was with, I was with uh, two 16-year-olds. I'm an 18, which is dope. I was like, yeah, I'm 17. Here's my mom's number. It was my girlfriend's number at the time. She didn't yeah, even know. Nice. I was like, yeah, she can't get me. Her, her car is busted. And I got a, a lift with my buddy's uncle. And it worked out. But I was banned from Walmart for like a year or something. Ah, oh, what a shame. I know. Are you going to buy your Skittles? I know. I missed out. 
Anyway, what were you trying to steal? Do you remember specifically what? We, all right, so we were just shoving shit in my friend Yasser's backpack. He was a devout Muslim, and his mom well, he showed up. The store, so that's why you didn't get arrested, right? Right, right. So if I said I was eighteen, it would have been over for me. I would have been hauled off to the, the county jail, probably. Damn. So um, is, yeah. is your friend Yasser missing a hand now? Because <laughs> no, they actually burned him. He's <laughs> he's been deceased for twelve years now. Um, yeah, his mom was rip shit she said we could never yeah he it was over for him never saw him again acid Uh, on the face (laughs) alex what's the worst thing you've ever done worst thing i've ever done jesus (laughs) (laughs) what Um, the kind of question is that yeah let me hold on oh you you talked about beating up a homeless person one time han so i watched i did not beat the man i just watched my friends and laughed my dad thing. recently drunkenly told me, I'll say one of the things my dad has ever oh. done. My dad oh, was a homeless guy in the 80s because he like insulted his girlfriend. So he just beat the shit out of him. He's still a hero. He defended the girl. That's not that yeah. bad. Yeah, I mean, I mean but uh, if you're going to beat up every homeless guy pretty. that goes, eh, fuck you, bitch. Maybe, maybe your fist would be raw. Hey, what are, what are the homeless people in Chicago like? They're uh, They're pretty awful. I mean, they're just, you know, boilerplate yeah, just assholes wait ha- have you been to new york no never okay good you should probably stay away from new york the homeless people in new york are unrivaled terrible you um you worked good. with with sam hyde so you w- did you go through boston to get to new uh rhode island uh no i just went directly to providence in the okay. airport but i did go to boston one day while i was over there we, we didn't film anything there i just kind of went there with my buddy just because i'd never been did you see any of the homeless people of Boston? No, I, I, I was in a nice area. I was in like Little Italy. I think, oh, nice. North End. Boston, yeah. which was hilarious because this was like, this was November of last year. And uh, it was just like, we were sitting at this uh, uh, Italian restaurant and all these really old Italian guys were just going off about COVID and, you know, the fucking liberals got the fucking mess on and shit. Fuck. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah, the, the people of Boston, like the real people of Boston, don't match like any of the policies that are common in Boston or how any of the businesses approach COVID or anything like that. Uh-huh. There is very like blue collar as it gets, and especially in the North End where you have like the authentic Boston residents who have been there for like their families have been there for 50, 60, 70 years. It's, it's uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're great. I mean, when we were shooting... I feel like I typically never run into those types of people, but Hans is just like a magnet for authentic townies. It's the shirt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's also the thing of, uh, um, you know how they, they every business has a sign that says that you need a mask to get in. Right. No one really respects any of that. Every time I, I will go to a place like that, we'll pull my, my uh, mask out because I'm not from there. And then it would be like, just don't. Don't even don't mention it. Don't no one says anything. You just walk in. No one cares. As opposed to you know what you expect from that liberal city of you know people losing their shit because of this. Well, it's because it's a college city, so that is ultimately what skews all the uh, you know policies and, and the politics of the area. But nobody actually abides. Yeah, because I mean, when we were there, there were a lot of people that were just like out, you know, do it you know, out in public with their with their shit on. There's definitely some people who who go overboard on that. I mean, in New York, it's the same deal. New York, you would assume is terrible. 
Um, but it's really like 25% of the people that are out on the street and trying to abide by the, uh, the mask mandate or policy. I can't even go to the movies. I've, I've been trying to get on somebody's movie podcast recently, but it's like, you know, I, I got a, I got a Vax card on my phone might be legit. Might be somebody. Else. I don't know. I don't know oh, where it came I from. Really, mine. I'm all queued up. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, if I go to the movie theater, I just got to kind of quickly flash my phone and hope for the best. I want to see this new resident evil film. I don't know if I can do that. I want to see House of Gucci. I don't know if it's worth going to Rikers Island for, you know, but Resident <laughs> Evil, is the it? guy who made a uh, Mortal Kombat. That is the same guy. Not that Resident. I, I really hate those Resident oh. Evil movies, but there's a new one out. And that is, uh, that's based on the first two games. I'm all for that. Even though I think I, it's actually getting pretty good reviews for a video game movie. Is it Paul Anderson? That's the guy, right? Uh, other Paul Anderson. Yeah, not not Paul Tom, not Boogie Nights. Paul Thomas Anderson is Paul W S Anderson. Who? Yeah, uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, he did Monster Hunter. It was a very racist joke in Monster Hunter. I don't know if you guys heard about it. <laughs> really? This. Yeah. So there's right, this guy it. got it banned in China. So there's a Chinese guy, uh-huh. and then I think like a black guy or something. I don't know. And uh, the joke was, I think the black guy goes, "What kind of knees are those?" And the Chinese guy says, "Chinese." really good <laughs> so that got the movie banned in china they thought that was very derogatory very disrespectful a bunch of, uh, fucking chopsticks in the mud yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh monster hunter another classic of the the 2020 year so if uh, you were to read the qr code on your phone for your vaccination thing where does it take you where does it actually go that's a great question i uh, i would assume it's probably somebody else's vaccination card i don't know i don't know i got look i got the vax i got the double vax it's uh it's well, me too, it's, Jay. I'm queued up, like I yeah, said. It's good. It's good to get the vax. It makes you feel good, it makes you feel good. hopeful. Now they put it directly yeah. into your butthole too, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, no, it just squirted in my mouth and I caught it. You know, from oh. distance. I should have taken the oral one. I took they had a needle <laughs> yeah, in my hole there, but I don't know. I think you just might have got raped. Faster absorption, they said. You know, it's like putting vodka yeah. up there or something, you know. Yeah. I Turner, wanted to yeah. I wanted to get healthy quickly. <laughs> longer effect yeah less longer yeah you get drunk uh, didn't you say uh, your, your, I'm, I'm not your heart hurt or something right at because you had to get double vax to come into the country yeah he's in costa rica yeah the first one the first one i got oh that's when we recorded that podcast with gmac and, and Pema. yeah uh i was not feeling good like my body felt like very achy the whole time and just like odd huh. uh and but you're also really 40 looking. yeah I'm, I'm close to that. Uh, I'm go. not looking forward to them asking for a couple more, which, you know, is what's going to happen for the next <laughs> time I go to the States. Maybe next year I'm going to have to get a couple more just wow. to cover whatever they're doing now. I didn't mean wow. I meant, hey, good. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Yeah. You, you'll have to get vaccinated again in order to – all right, if you, if you come shoot something in, like, March, are they going to make you do that again? I don't know. I mean, it depends, right? They're saying that this new one or whatever is stronger or whatever the fuck. I don't watch the news anymore. But I'm sure they're implementing something where I need a booster or, or whatever. It's been, it's, it will be six months by that time. Well, that's just common sense. Do that shit with us, yeah. Hey, you know, they say common fun. sense ain't so common nowadays. <laughs> you don't have to. But if I go into the fucking airport, I have to prove it. And I have to get a fucking test before leaving, too, to make sure that... It's all gay. It's very gay. It's very, very unnecessary. Yeah. Hey, Alex, what what is like the last really good movie you've seen? Uh, uh, I've been watching a lot of 
anime recently. So let's see, the last really good movie where I said, oh, fuck, that was really fucking good. Did you see that Cowboy new Cowboy Bebop? Bebop? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no. you beat me to it, huh? <laughs> no, I skimmed, I, I skimmed through, this is related, I skimmed through the Death Note live action, and I was just, my Which jaw one? was on the floor. There's a, there's a Japanese one, and then they did the Adam Winger Netflix one. Willem, the one with Willem Dafoe. Okay. And the fucking demon was like 5'10" in the live action one in the anime it's supposed to be like 10 feet tall mm-hmm. it was fucking horrible it looked like shit the last really good movie hold on it's on the tip of my tongue what the fuck did i watch but you think about that i here's what this i like about the podcast right yes <laughs> people thinking to themselves thinking um I really enjoy the end of that Death Note movie because they abandon everything Death Note and it just becomes an Adam Wingard film. I don't know if you saw The Guest. It just basically becomes The Guest in the last 30 minutes. Um, so, I mean, look, it's not a good The little movie. girl is actually a, an old lady and she fucks the guy? No, that's Orphan. Oh, shit. All right, never mind. I mean, what? Yeah, that's, that's a very different <laughs> movie. Uh, the Guest is uh, Dan Stevens. And he's actually like a robot or something. I don't know. It's kind of Terminator. Like drive but doesn't drive right yeah he just goes to a bar beats up kids right and then tries to have sex with the girl in, in the house right yep that's that's what a man does yeah that's the one <laughs> i haven't seen the uh, movie god damn it there was something really good that i watched like two months ago and i was like god damn that was really fucking good that was fun oh it was something i saw it was a Sam Raimi movie. It's in the winter. They find a bag of money. Uh, it's got uh, actors in it. Um, it was Sam Raimi. It was in the 90s. They were in a snowy area, and they found a big bag of money at a, pla- at a, at a plane crash. Hans, you should, you should know this one. He's a Dead fan. A simple plan. That sounds right. Yeah. Simple plan. Right. Great band too. Wonderful yeah, yeah. band. Oh yeah. With Bill Paxton. Be the yes. Bill Paxton. Yes. That, that was really fun. That was a good movie. I have not. Great I ending. don't think I've, I've, I, I don't, I didn't even know Sam Raimi directed anything outside of evil dead and that one dragged me to hell. <laughs> and then the Spider-Man movies. Oh, dark man. With Liam Neeson. I remember dark man also. This was fun. It was called a simple plan. And let me tell you something. There is, it got a little less than simple, got a little complicated there, Jay. <laughs> but no, it was really fun. Little... They, they try to get some money, and then literally it goes directly downhill, and it never gets better. Kind of movie I like. There's, a, there's another pretty underrated Hardly. Billy Hardly. Bob Thornton uh, movie from the early 90s that uh, was recommended to me by Ashton Tate. Uh, Sling Blade. No, yeah, Sling Blade, of course. How could I, how could I forget Sling Blade? John Ritter's great in that movie. Um, no, I, it has a very similar title to that. And I think also Bill Paxton is in it as well, but it takes place in a desert setting. Hmm. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, what, is your, what, is your, what is your take on the current state of movies? Do you think this is a dead medium? Um, No, not, not yet. It's just, uh, 
it's just um it's increasingly harder to make anything of substance or anything unique um i think there's a lot of people that i don't know i just don't see much that's like oh like i mean 99.9 of reactions that i have to movies that have been coming out recently are just kind of like oh okay i was watching um evangelion because i've been saying i watch a lot of anime and this is from the 90s mm. and it's all kids in it i don't know you ever seen this Seen this, you heard about yeah. this? I've, I've watched like the first ten episodes. Of, I really enjoy it. I like the fact it's pretty self-contained. Um, yeah. That's a big problem uh, with anime and myself. Is a lot of these series have hundreds of episodes, and it's just too much, too much to get into. But I like that there's what like thirty episodes, and then uh, the movie, and then they have a couple of specials, and maybe they have some spinoffs or whatever. But the real show is pretty. Yeah, tight. it's just like straight those episodes. Same thing with Death Note, although that kind of got shitty. But anyway. I'm watching it and you ever like watch something from like the eighties or nineties and it feels like it fell out of like Mars and you go like, Oh, they did something interesting. There's like all these sex jokes with like little kids. They're like supposed to be 11 in the show. Mm -hmm. And there's like, there's a time where he like hears his, his caretaker and his like this girl who's his age, they're like showering together and they're, and she's like, Hey, don't touch there. And she's like rubbing her pussy or something. He and he gets a big boner. And then there's a pet penguin, and the penguin's like. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I'm like, clearly, you would obviously never see that in anything mainstream today, right? It's yeah. just like it just seems like the chances, like people don't take chances, or at least in mainstream stuff, it's I think it's impossible to make anything like truly like unique i guess it's not impossible i guess i have seen stuff that is okay but like it's just 99.9 of everything is just so it just seems so safe and subdued and i'm never like shocked or surprised at any choices of stuff i see you know right yeah no i was i was i was because I, I just finished the cowboy bebop live action show which of course is exactly what you would expect it to be and i threw on um yeah. the the anime one and i had on the the dub Right. And that's from, I think, 99 or 2000. And I wasn't watching. I was I was facing straight. I got the TV right over here. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was like a a joke about VHS or Betamax. And uh, there was a lot of groaning. And oh, no, you're putting it in the wrong hole. (laughs) And I looked at it. It was just a simple VHS joke. But listening to it, it it's like, this is perverse. This is filth. Uh, That's that's an ongoing trend with Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And there's certainly plenty of that in evangelion and you can watch dragon ball and if you watch the uncut dragon ball there's 50 times as much of that they're, they're not really? really afraid of oh yeah Damn, master roshi's dragon ball just a straight-up pedophile he's he's a <laughs> sex predator and he hangs out with the group he's like the older guy you know when you're you're 11 years old and then there's all of a sudden just like a 19 year old guy who's hanging out with you and your 11 year old oh, yeah. friends he's at the skate park <laughs> yeah yeah he's very larry clark-esque yeah that's what master roshi is on dragon ball essentially um but so even you, like what you're saying with the monster hunter, I'm sure that ch- Chinese joke, which is like barely a joke, because it Chinese doesn't even make sense. There's, there, there's no the logic to the joke. Right? <laughs> I'm sure that went through like a panel of like 30 producers that were like, well, I don't know. And, and then they finally said, oh, this is our big, our big risk joke, you know, that we mm-hmm. can take. I'm starting to see a, a little bit of pushback in media to, um, the current climate, I guess, which is not like an interesting conversation. I was like, oh, wow, everything's terrible. But I am starting to notice um, 
in pretty mainstream stuff that people are just kind of like bored of that. Even if they are on the side of that, they're getting bored of it. And um, like somebody posted, I, I didn't even know this was a show. Like one of the guys from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, essentially just scolding some very like agender looking woman in a car for two minutes straight. I don't know. He's got like an Apple show. That's not on the Apple TV app. Feels real. It feels like a movie in a movie or a TV show in a TV show. Um, but I, I saw something like that. I was like, oh wow. I mean, and there was no like, haha. She's got a quippy line at the end of it that kind of just debunks everything, makes a big joke of that. There wasn't anything uh-huh. like that. It's just like, huh? Okay, that's interesting. A little what late. He, what was he saying now? Like shout, you know? Uh, he was going jokes. Or no, no, no. He didn't even go there. He's just talking about how women are incompetent and can't make their own decisions. <laughs> So yeah. that was, that was well, good. Where's the joke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't it the, the girl is complaining about girls not having, or women not having opportunities to pitch anything. And he's like, well, all right. I'm in the car with you. Pitch me something. Yeah. yeah. No, you saw the clip too. Yeah. 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 And then she has nothing to say. And the whole thing is about him just, just saying that, uh, you know, a lot of people complain about not getting a chance, but once they have a chance, they actually don't have anything to offer. Uh, it, I hate, Every, everything out really i uh it seems like you need to uh follow specific distributors uh that you know put out stuff that you enjoy or or different weird stuff uh, for you to be able to find interesting things because uh every time oh, you see wonderful. an ad for oh, every yeah, time I you see an ad for a movie it's always just some corporate backing thing where you know exactly what the you know the three uh arts are going to be you know where the story is going you know what the jokes are going to be already if it's a comedy and if it's not you already know exactly what's going to happen so like you like uh alex said every time you you see a new uh trailer it's kind of like oh it just right. gets more milk toast every year it's just like oh more sludge very, very safe this very baldwin snuff film that he's making it sounds yeah, let's just see the dailies from that they should put yeah. that in theaters wow now that's risk taking now that's risky filmmaking a snuff film in 2021 how are the people react we had a, come out what uh, actually happened he's saying oh i didn't even pull the trigger it just happened on it was very insane. pulp fiction Dude, he, he has lost his marbles bro <laughs> i guess he's got to say That's, that right yeah no he's gonna i mean he's gonna protect himself he's gonna do uh an interview with, just one pew pew winds out in the desert <laughs> he was you know just pushes that trigger back did you see that the, looks uh, really funny did you guys see the footage of him like pacing around near the highway getting to him? I think he was in an argument with his wife and someone approaches him. Mm-hmm. He's got like long hair and he looks very tired and bloated. And he's like, no, she was my, f- I took her out to dinner the night before she was my friend. I would never kill her. And like that, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. what is, what is going to happen with this? Do you think this just, I feel like it's not going to get brushed under the rug. Like it typically would. Oh, see, I was a complete opposite. end. I think 100% he's, just gonna get off nothing will happen his little interview will come out and then it'll be like oh poor guy he's dealing with the trauma and ptsd and some shit i i don't think anything's gonna happen to him now if it were you and me obviously we'd be you know buried under the jail but i I guess uh yeah he's gonna he's gonna caitlin jenner it up and just become trans and now i'm over that would be terrific uh baldwin's sister now that's that's yeah. new that's fresh that makes me excited for hollywood uh no i don't know there's something about it that makes me feel Alexa. like he's gonna get punished for Alexa it Baldwin. um typically i would i would agree i would say yeah 
I think he's going to walk, but I, I don't know. It feels like there's blood in the water that, for Baldwin. just changed my mind because he seems way too scared in that interview that's about to come out where he says he didn't pull the trigger, which is just, mm-hmm. it's like so insane to say. Like, what a stupid thing to say. He's scared. He's, he's got to be scared out of his mind. Because Michael Massey killed Brandon Lee on The Crow, but that was him pulling the trigger was part of the shoot. Yeah. Um, this was not part of it. He was just going pew, pew. He was having fun on the set and uh, wiped out, you know, a good chunk of the crew. Yeah, that's what I read. Like <laughs> so, someone just gave it to him and he was just like, he just immediately like cocked it and blew this bitch's head off. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and somehow went, the bullet went through and, and, and pierced the director and he was in the hospital. I don't know. But you know, what? I don't even think he's to blame. I think the crew is to blame. And here's why. They yeah. wanted fancy hotels. They had their hotels downgraded. They wanted COVID protection, whatever, on the set. And they couldn't really do that as often as whoever would have liked. And they all walked. And then the, produ- the producer said, all right, we're going to bring in some gun wranglers from around here, from the range. Hey, can you, can you just teach Alec how to shoot the gun? All right, great. And then somebody left a thing in the, in, the, in the gun. And then boom, you know, what was it? The DP is dead. Now, if that crew did not walk... And they made a big fuss about it. And they're going after the fact, oh, Alec, this was complete. See, this proves this was unsafe. But if they never walked, that one would be alive. Fact. Okay, you're thinking 4D chess from the prop department. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I'm just, hey, look, I'm just trying to find the culprit. I'm a detective after all. I think um, Alec Baldwin literally just wanted to kill that bitch. <laughs> that's possible too. It's not out of the realm of possibility. He I, just felt like murder. I think day. he just went, fuck it. She like said, oh, that, that well, shot was kind of crappy. We got to do it again. But that's why I want to read the transcript of or whatever it is they put out because I'm sure just by seeing interviews of him and just his regular attitude every time they interview him or catch him like that, I can imagine him easily just being an asshole and just doing it like a, as a joke or whatever and then whoops you know that I, that that's a better story for me i think if it's just he like got lost in his just, character he's yeah. method acting in yeah, wild I, wild I, west i believe he actually put the gun to her head and pressed it right <laughs> into her forehead um said call your kids call your kids right now say goodbye <laughs> um it's pretty wild to think you know you go back to 2005 alec baldwin's on top of the world with 30 rock and you know he's making money hand over fist and what is stephen baldwin doing celebrity mole yucatan celebrity fear factor celebrity big brother now you fast forward to 2021 who's a multi-millionaire with justin bieber as his (laughs) son-in-law truly uh people always say oh stephen baldwin he's the crazy stupid one always doing (laughs) sci-fi movies now Right. <laughs> Doing Biodome 2, all this shit. Sci-fi, sci-fi channel level quality films. Now his life is set and Alec washed up in the gutter. Now we're thinking Stephen Baldwin 4D chess. He was, he's planting bullets around movie sets. <laughs> Just to spite his brother. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I can yeah, believe he's that. He's making movie, movies with uh, Eric Roberts now. And uh, uh the Baldwin, really? right? Doing all, I mean, I'm sure. Which one? Who, Eric Steven doing, or Alec? Yeah, no, Steven. <laughs> I don't know if he's acting every, anymore. I think he's over it. Uh, every Eric Roberts movie that comes out, it's like, oh, I. That's a that's a, not a movie. How how is Eric Roberts in this? <laughs> Are you tr- hold on? You trying to say it. Heaven the movie is not a real movie? Yeah. You know, I tried. I tried to get Eric Roberts, and I still could. I I could get Eric Roberts tomorrow, but they were like, 
Yeah, listen, uh, you know, he'll do your movie, but he just needs $3,000 for the day. <laughs> I was like, all right, that sounds great. I'll be in touch. And I was just, I was like, I could probably use $3,000 on something that's going to matter as opposed to, you know, holding up cue cards in front of Eric so he can read off it. But he's great. I, I love, I love Eric Roberts. We watched a movie called Nightwalk recently. I can't shut up about this movie. Eric Roberts plays a judge in it. And you can tell he's like intoxicated in the movie. Oh, nice. Um, all right. I'll remember that. Mickey Rourke is in it. And Oliver Stone's son, Sean Stone is in the movie. And it's about him wow. finding faith in prison, the Muslim faith. And he became oh, wait, a wait. I, Yeah. I think I saw a trailer for that. Yeah. It's wait, ter- terrific. Mickey Rourke's in, in jail or in prison. And he's With like, swastika on he's, neck, well, yeah. he's a member of the white nationalist gang and he's the only the member. Dumb member. Yeah. The member. It's <laughs> yeah. supposed to be in Los Angeles, but it's nothing but like Muslim Moroccan guys. Oh, you're thinking budgetary issues? They couldn't get it big enough? Couldn't get a lot of extras? No, I really don't think so. I think it would have taken a lot of effort to fly in some more, like, white extras to be part of his gang. So he's just kind of wandering around. I think he's sleeping in, like, a pair of of skivvies or something at one point. Um, He's very tan in the movie, too. He drops some hard R's. Very hard R's. They They don't pull punches with Nightwalk. He wears sunglasses inside of the jail, too. Yeah, he's got, what, like, Gucci sunglasses on? Uh, he he basically uh, that, just showed up in his regular clothing. He's got like a scarf on or something, a V-neck sweater, but he's a member of the white nationalist gang. The, uh, That's my knowledge. You can get some pretty swaggy clothing in some prisons. They sell like Jordans and shit. Oh, I don't doubt it. What were you gonna say, Hans? Wasn't it like a wasn't it like a German uh, distributor or something like that? We discovered from that Instagram page where you saw they were uh, releasing a Blu-ray version of it with like a decent poster. Yeah, no, this was a Moroccan production, but for some reason, Germany just didn't understand that it was not a, like, a, I mean, look, who am I to say what's a real movie and what's not a real movie? But based off the level of performances and the set and all that, they didn't see anything wrong with it. That's the same thing as Mission Impossible 2, as far as they're concerned. So they did have like a very nice uh, piece of graphic art to do as a like a digibook fold out Blu-ray set, limited edition 30 bucks, Amazon.com, Zavi.com, whatever it is. And uh, it looks terrific. It makes you really think that this is a, I mean, look, it is a terrific piece. I, mean, I enjoy it quite a bit. I've watched it several yeah. times. Uh, a terrific piece of art, but it's very enjoyable. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great watching with your friends movie where uh, yeah, like there's so many decisions. Actors sort of eking out their last, their last little roles, just their last breaths. Yeah. Well, Eric Rover's not struggling. He's hammered. So he's enjoying himself. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> he's, yeah. He's like dancing around and just acting belligerent. It's great. They use like what would be, you know, typically like I, I think a lot of filmmakers go, all right, just read, read it how I want you to read it. And then you can do one for you at the end. And every, every take of his that winds up in the movie is the Eric Roberts take. And it's just <laughs> only uh, one take. Yeah. 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 Have uh, you guys watched any of these, uh, Bruce Willis movies where he like comes in for like four hours and they pound out all the they're on net, uh, Netflix they're called like hard kill first kill <laughs> and it's Bruce Willis like being flown in he's there for like five hours that he has an earpiece they he wears an earpiece they just set the camera up <laughs> film him they say the line he says the line they say the line he says that he does one take there for four or five hours like two three locations and then he's out i have i have, I have not seen any from from bruce i've seen that now 
plenty from Travolta. Travolta loves doing those types of movies. Um, also, Mel Gibson is doing a lot of those types of roles now, which is unbelievable to me. Like, I, I mean, he made so much money with Passion of the Christ, and he's going to direct, I guess, Lethal Weapon 5 now. Um, but I guess, I don't know, maybe he just stuck his, stuck his thing in the wrong place yet again. I was going to say alimony payments. Yeah. Shit. Fucking, I think that's so. That's definitely what Bruce is on. There's a good one, Hard Kill. If you're going to watch anyone, watch Hard Kill. Is he the the only yeah, star in that movie, or were they able to get? Yes. Oh, no, wait, boy. wait, wait. Oh, there's a UFC fighter girl that you've never heard of, but she's like a UFC fuck girl. That's always yeah. a good sign. Is when you get the UFC fighters yeah. as the headliners of the film. Yeah, that that's good. Pink-haired UFC girl. Yeah, not even the champion. The only one, like a famous one, is just like then this. No, no, she's like a hot one though. <laughs> you know how like okay. most UFC fighter girls, they look ugly as fuck. They're all busted, but. Mm. Is that the one where he wears like a very fashionable scarf too, but he's a villain and he's always wearing like, well, I guess he's always wearing like gray clothes and everything. So he's in a warehouse. Um, he just sits in a chair in a warehouse and says lines. I'm not sure, but I saw one of those and he was just like, you, you can tell that he barely shows up. He doesn't give you two or three takes. He just gives you one and whatever the line comes uh, out like that. Like I that's was so uh, got... obsessed with this movie. I watched the behind the scenes and the director says he's like this, uh, he's this Arab guy. He's got some long last names from like Pakistan or something. And he said the process. He said, Bruce Willis comes in, we give him an earpiece. I say the line, he says the line. <laughs> but of course he says in more Hollywood way, like, oh, he's great. He's great to work with. He's so efficient and professional. Uh, yeah. And yeah. But he literally says like, he comes in, sits in a chair, the, 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 the collects his check and, back to malibu i guess that's the way to do it i mean look i mean he's probably very over it at this point he's not somebody who has like a lot of flexibility unless he's getting like a wes anderson movie he's probably not going to be given too much to do i I mean uh are you familiar with the uh, kevin smith story about how he basically outfit his way into directing cop out he he offered it or what'd you say Uh, he outfit his way into directing cop out because he didn't view so I guess he just really did not like that Kevin Smith was like a fat guy and he didn't know much about like lenses or whatever. And uh, he did a very like Val Kilmer approach. I don't know if you ever heard about Val Kilmer on any movie set. Oh, wait a but, second. You're saying Bruce Willis. Like, yes. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, wait, Kevin Smith alpha his what? No, no. no. Like, what is yeah, <laughs> that, would, that would be shocking. Surprising. Yeah, um, pissing and shitting and crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, he basically just bullied Kevin Smith into not making any creative decisions on cop out whenever he was working that day and um he he would he would dictate how all the shoots were run and and this and that and uh tried to make a fool of him on the set in front of everybody val (laughs) kilmer does something very similar where he gets hired for island of dr moreau after somebody drops out uh some big actor and um you know uh richard stanley who directed colorado space he's been canceled recently because i guess he beat up some like Wiccan girl in 1997 or whatever. I don't know. Um, Val Kilmer, you know, if you said to Val Kilmer, hey, Val, I need you to stand right over here. We're just going to do a quick shot. We're going to pan over to you. And Val would go, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. And uh, you just have to deal with that. You go, all right, Val, what do you want to do? Uh, I think we're going to do a close up on my face. And Val would be like, all right, all right, fine. We're going to do that. Or he would do things like he'd be smoking a cigarette and then, uh, you know, he'd play with the lighter a little bit and he'd just go up to a sound guy and 
bring it as close as possible to his ear and just start burning his ear and see and see how long it would take for him to back away or say something because no one's going to talk to the guy who just played Batman in any sort of authoritative tone. Not even Marlon Brando, who's just napping a lot. That's what I saw in the. Oh, that's good. That's you that's that's. Val Kilmer burn your ear just because he's fucking weird, ugly as Val Kilmer. You professionalism. Mm-hmm. He he was the saint. Nah. He played the saint, so you gotta let him do what he wants. What is he playing now? Uh, Native American grandmother, full time. <laughs> Look, he's a yeah, cancer survivor. Okay. All right. Is this jaw gone? It's yeah. He's talking. Uh, he speaks like Roger Ebert these days. Yeah. They made a very depressing documentary on his life and just kind of strategically left out all the information that I shared only moments <laughs> ago. Um, they, they showed him playing with the video camera with Marlon Brando and um, well, John Frankenheimer, the director of that film, and just kind of being like a casual goof, even though Marlon Brando's in a hammock in like a literal diaper and does not want to be on, <laughs> on camera at that moment. He's just trying to take a break. His, fam- his son, I think, just died. And Val's got him on fucking video unbelievable is val kilmer he's anyway. never never mean never says a, a mean word or does anything mean on camera at all just so you can feel bad about him having a hole in his throat by the end of it mm-hmm. yeah. it's a good it's a Orson it, wells uh wine commercial oh that's the best oh yeah Hans, what didn't you just play that during the last show we did or where, maybe when we were watching was, no we we yeah we were watching something up there in boston and and we just you know, we were intoxicated a little bit and just we're watching that commercial attempt at a commercial, I guess, from Marlon Brando selling what is it, brandy or French Sound wine like or some, some sort shit? Of champagne, yeah, yeah, wine yeah. <laughs> from the whistling trees of the mountains. <laughs> God, he's the best. Dude, have you seen that chick he was fucking when he was like nine hundred pounds? Yes, and, uh, like uh, the wife or girlfriend he had while he was dying was yeah. was like twenty years old, skinny, uh, an actress. I was I watching the other side of the wind. I was getting jealous. I was like, "Damn, what the fuck!" <laughs> like one of the hottest chicks I've ever seen. Did you see? Uh, did you see? I, I like the documentary on him more than the other side of the wind itself. When Netflix I think put I did that too. out, yeah, I think I watched that as well. Uh, yeah, movie was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, late Wells driving scene. I'm sorry. Oh man. yeah. Yeah. Late Wells is kind of uh I don't know, it gets a little too experimental, a little too yeah. uh and also I mean, we don't even really know how much of that was actually Wells compared to uh Peter Bogdanovich, yeah. who I think did a, a lot of the uh, assembling of that. By the way, you ever look into Peter Bogdanovich? He has a penchant for like soft adopting 17-year-old girls and grooming them into being his uh his his girlfriend or wife. Civil Shepherd on uh, Last Picture Show, and then uh, Dorothy. Something. Have you ever seen Star Eighty? No, I just got that you said pen chant. I thought you said pension, as in he's getting paid to <laughs> do this or something. There's a pension for for uh, uh, sleeping with young actresses. No, um, Star Eighty is a terrific Eric Roberts starring film based on a true crime event of a Canadian Playboy model who was killed by her boyfriend, who was a real scumbag, and um, he. Uh, he, I mean, they, Peter Bogdanovich is a character in the film. They don't call him Peter Bogdanovich, but he steals this model who winds up murdered um, from the Eric Roberts real life guy or whatever, uh, because his she becomes an actress. Probably, right? Yes, definitely his best yeah. performance. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but this guy is actually in real life, Peter Bogdanovich. And so he's like a 40 year old guy with a family who develops yet another relationship 
a 17 or 18 year old girl. She dies. And then he's like, oh, uh, to her, to her little sister, who's like a year or two younger than her. Oh, you're grieving, huh? Well, I'll take care of you. I'll make sure you never have to worry ever again. Come live with me now, child. And he does the same thing all over again. So that's Peter Bogdanovich's MO. And that was in real life. That was that was in real life. Oh, okay. Yes, that actually happened. So um, Woody Allen action. Well, look, Woody Allen. At least he's stuck with one gal. You know what I mean? He's a very loyal guy. It was true, Rov. <laughs> <laughs> you guys mind if I have some nuts real quick? I'm kind of hungry. No, you should. You should crunch right into the microphone. It's good ASMR. Oh, oh <laughs> nice. I hate when that happens. Every time I go to stop and show, what just happened? I hate that I'm high on, on pain medicine. <laughs> That's a good visual gag for the for the video audience of the show. How long did you have that ready to go? You just planned for that moment. You can look back in the video and see when I grabbed it. Were you just like casually? Hold on. Actually, I can't do this yet. Thirty minutes. Uh, maybe not. Now's not the moment. He's talking about Val Kilmer. I was, right, I was waiting. I was like, oh, I'll just still be all in the conversation at some point, and that's how <laughs> it's right after. Yes, Peter Bogdanovich's uh, pedophilic tendencies. Um, <clears throat> Alex, are you interested in doing a feature film at all? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm working on one right now. Really? It's. Uh, I don't know if you've seen one of my more successful videos. Social media manager job downtown, and then we did chief marketing officer job downtown which was like 40 minutes so it was almost getting up there and then i have a third one that i'm working on that's like i've been working on it like throughout this whole last year's and probably only like 25 percent of it shot and then next year i'm gonna try and finish it ah you're doing the boyhood approach so yes. everybody's just gonna well, gradually get older in the film how long how long does it how long does it usually take you to knock these out uh, it just depends how long it is. If it's like, there's one right now that I'm trying to release on Christmas that I've been working on since August, but it's going to be like 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes. So yeah. And then, and then I have another one that I'm about to release in the next like two weeks. That's only like three minutes long. And that maybe took like a week or two, maybe like, maybe like two weeks to edit. Here's what I want to, how do you get access to all these offices? Uh, I use a thing called Peerspace, nice. which works, and then I and then Craigslist, and, and yeah, pretty much just those two. That's been very reliable for us uh, using Peerspace. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, what do you? Uh, so this is going to be a feature film. When are you aiming to get that out? By like Christmas next year. Oh boy. Yeah. What, what do you want to do with that? Are you going to take that to festivals? Because I'm trying to figure out what our approach should be with Mass State Lottery. Because I, I don't know. We might be getting... I mean, lottery hasn't contacted me since they sent out that cease and desist. We've been very oh, fortunate. Good. But the guy I wanted to sell the movie to, I think he's spooked by that. So I don't think that's going to be an option anymore. I think I was maybe a little too loud about that on Instagram. Um, so we're just... I think... I don't know. We're going to... We'll probably try festivals. And then if that doesn't work, nobody wants that. Um Maybe just good old fashioned print up some Blu-rays, sell it on the website. I don't know. There you go. Yeah, no, I didn't have any plans to like sell it. I was just going to put it on YouTube. Well, I mean, that's a very reliable approach. I mean, some of your some of your videos have really gotten pretty knockout views, especially for sketch. I mean, it's it's a hard platform to put out anything remotely narrative on, dude. And you've done well. So, 
Uh, so it might go to YouTube. Um, it probably will go to YouTube. I don't know. We'll see where we'll see where I'm at next year. We'll see uh, what music I want to use too, because that's that's another problem. I usually I use like a lot of copyrighted music because mm-hmm. I just can't help myself. Like I don't know. Almost none of my videos get monetized anyway. I think in my entire YouTube, I've had the channel like monetized. I've made like hundred and fifty dollars. So I just never give a shit about like monetization. I'm like, fuck it. If, if they're going to get demonetized anyway for, you know, saying cunt or something, then I might as well just use copyrighted music. You know, yeah. fuck it, that, whatever I want. That's been a problem in the past with, with anything we do is I'll get very hung up on like one particular song goes well with whatever we're working on. And then it's like, oh, well, I just, I kind of edited this entire thing, this song. What am I going to swap it out with? Kevin McLeod, what are we, what are we going to put in here? So, uh, yeah. Uh, so so that, that's been something I, even in the mass state lottery trailer, um, at the end, I have a song in there that I definitely did not pay for. It's a big pop song, but it never got detected, uh, by the YouTube censors or whatever. So, uh, fortunate with that, but with the movie, I have a guy I've been working with, uh, who's been a composer for that. And a couple of like short things we put out. Um, do you work with like any musicians or, uh, I mean, what what my is buddy, your crew uh, generally like? My buddy, Jameson Dig, he does, uh, he's done a lot of like scoring for videos uh, for this next video I'm putting out. Uh, he made music for it, but it's not like score or anything. It's just sort of like background music layered in. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, he's so great. I can just send him anything. I'll just be like, hey, I need some like derpy video game music. He'll be like, all right, how long? I'm like, three, four minutes. Got you. Just sent it to me and uh yeah he's he's cool he's always on the synths and shit and then i have some other artist friends that i just i keep their songs in mind in case i uh want to use them jacob wilder is uh one of my buddies i just used a uh, gmac i use uh one of his songs in something and uh i'm using another one of his songs in the video that's coming out on christmas I can never tell when G-Mac is being serious with me or being in his G-Mac character. He said to me the yeah, other day, he's fun. he sent me a text. He's like, hey, I'm thinking about going to a creative school in New York. You know any good creative schools in New York? <laughs> and I was, I was like, um, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if you put me on right now or what, I guess NYU are you that's like 30 G Mac? Yeah, that's that's pretty top of the line. Uh maybe Parsons. <laughs> He's like, thanks, thanks, bro. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, you're supposed to just come up with like very Jewish sounding skills. <laughs> just give him a list of those. Alex, is Schultz Jewish or German? Because we were watching a movie called African Kung Fu Nazis, and the yeah. director and star of the film was named like Robert Stein. And I said, Stein, so he's Jewish. And he's playing up. He's playing Hitler in this movie, so it's he's parroting, and that makes it okay for whatever. Uh, but then everybody looked at me and said, "No, Stein. Stein is German." I said, "German? What are you talking about? Have you ever seen Ben Stein? Win Ben Stein's money? That guy's clearly <laughs> Jewish, not German." Yeah, that giveaway. So, yeah, I don't know. Are you Jewish or German, Alex? It's it can be both. It's but I'm German. I'm half Irish and half German. Nice. But I, I have looked it up. Yeah, Schultz can be Jewish or German. Yeah. Hans, what are you? I'm uh I'm a German and Chinese and Mexican and Costa Rican. That's great. That's a Hans. fun blend. That'll give you diarrhea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
and yeah. coffin dust. <laughs> Ask them. <laughs> we just shared it. Man, I'm way too familiar with Hans's asshole. It's really uh, atrocious. Um, every morning, every morning when we, when we were living together past week, I'd get woken up with splashing sounds or with loud, like trumpet esque noises coming from uh, from his rectum. It's really thirty bad. second farts. Yeah, it's very like '90s sitcom comedy coming out of Hans's ass. Seriously gross, Hans. You need to freaking do something about that. Maybe take a Pepto Bismarck. Yeah, that that's the four, the three of them every day. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> they would tell me if they wake up. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's been movies for for this week, Alex. If you had to like deceptively label this episode a, a film, because there was no film talked about this evening, True. what would you put that film uh, title as for the episode? It's a big, it's a lot of little, it's a little something here, a little something there. It was a nice, it was a nice cluster mixture. I'd call it something uh, about Willy Wonka, you know, and you have a little candy here. You have a little everlasting gobstopper. You have uh, that shit that he put a shoe in. Remember when he puts a shoe in there? I think so. Well, which one? Are we talking about Gene Wilder? Oh, Uh, not the other one. Yeah. What? Oh, well, they, you know, he's got that stew and he like tastes it. He goes. And he puts a fucking boot in there. <laughs> I do. I well, have you seen? Uh, have you seen? They did a Tom and Jerry remake, Willy Wonka. Oh man, I'm gonna kill myself. What? Yeah. Oh no, you didn't hear about this? No. They, this is no. this is this. I mean, we could watch the trailer right now before we close out the show because I mean, the miracle of screen share, right, Hans? Why don't we to? take a look at this? Yeah, let's, let's take a look ahead. at this. Okay. Uh, this is playing at my local theater this week. That's the only reason why I remembered it. I was like, what's the Brattle, the- good old revival art house theater playing this week? Tom and Jerry meet Willy Wonka. Okay. Wonderful. This is from 2019, I think. How are we looking, Hans? I, I got it. Okay, terrific. I'm very excited. Oh, boy. You got it? Yeah. Ah. Classic WB animation logo. You just Google Peter Greenaway because you didn't watch the movies. Yes. <laughs> no, I was. I, I watched it too. I I wanted to see his. Uh, God damn it! His. Uh, I have to stop sharing. I didn't share the audio. His uh, filmography. I didn't know that he did fucking seventy nine movies. That's what I was looking at. He directed seventy nine films. According I doubt that. I, I think Willy Wonka's opening up his factory. He's giving away tons of free chocolate. Get ready for an all-new original movie. He's hitting five golden tickets. With a bar of chocolate and a bit of luck. Look, everyone. The fifth golden ticket is mine. You did it! Because I got a golden ticket. The animation was horrible. Tom and Jerry yeah. go on the journey of a lifetime. I'm Chucky. Oh, no. I'm the room Mr. Eyes on the chocolate room. It's like shit. What? No, this looks good. I like how Willy Wonka's hair is very curved. So's hers. Yeah. It's like they've got the same hair. There. They ah, tried to. Uh, I think they tried to do like a 1960s animation special, like uh, Frosty or something. Type of yeah. Type of look. And did not work. I wonder if he's going to chase Jerry up the chocolate shoot. <laughs> I don't remember a fat lady in Willy Wonka. One of the moms, right? No. The cat food tastes like cat food. Tom and Jerry, Willy 
Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Look for it. On- they, oh, guys, so they didn't even do Tom and Jerry meets Willy Wonka. They they just said Tom and Jerry colon <laughs> Willy Wonka in the Chocolate, Chocolate Factory. Factory. That's good. So that's the movie we talked about tonight, right? So yeah, yeah, wonderful. So that is so that's just an animation of the Willy Wonka movie, but they just shove Tom and Jerry for a couple of scenes. That's right. That's cool. That's very creative. Very good. That's that's probably exactly what happened. They probably because they did a Night of the Living Dead that was animated. They probably did Willy Wonka since they own that, and they were like, "I can't really sell that. What can we do? I guess we can throw in Tom and Jerry. That's a big. We get the the Tom and Jerry movie coming out (laughs) this year, so maybe we can try that. Uh, I don't know. I can't can't wait to uh, to try the catnip candy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 oh. Oh, cheesy goat. Yeah. Alex, you got banned on Twitter. Something happened with you. What's going on with that? Yeah, I called uh, I called Richard Dawkins a retard, but it'll go away in a week. Damn! Don't you just trust the science, Alex? It wasn't about COVID. It was I just called someone a retard. Can't call people retards, I guess. That's unfortunate. Unfortunate yeah, I had to come to that. Another day, fucking PC cops run amok. Unbelievable. So, are you coming back to Twitter, or what's happening? Are you are you gone for good? No, I get out of jail in like two or three days, I think. All right. Well, this is probably going to come out like New Year's Eve or something, I think, in the All public right, feed. So you'll be free to go by that point, I assume. Um, I, I don't know when we'll throw this up, actually. I think we're, we're all right. The queue is up December 9th, so maybe not that long from now. But for everyone on Patreon, everybody should go check out uh, Be Nice to Me Productions on YouTube. Where do you want people to follow you? Just that. Just, you know, Be Nice to Me Productions on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. You know how to use it theater wonderful all right all right alex it's been very fun having you on tonight thank you for uh great guys being the inaugural guest of movies a podcast by the actors season six episode one uh hans you were what hans akin on instagram your h word name on twitter laura's one bread everywhere good luck spelling that if you're not familiar all right that has been movies for this week thank you for listening